Hello and welcome to K-Drama Kraken, your home away from home for the K-Drama Addicted. I'm Chris, here to share with you what dramas I'm watching, recommendations for you to watch by genre and theme, my opinions and hopefully your opinions on new dramas and all sorts of fanish debauchery. I want to chat with you about all manner of K-Dramadom. Like, was Sky Castle really worth the hype? What do you really think about romance as a bonus Do you book? think Lee Gong-suk was snubbed by award shows last is year? Is Gong Hoi-jin one of the most beautiful women on the planet? The answer is How always... How stoked are we for the return of Kim Woo-bin? Am I right? ho and Kim Goo-young in a supernatural Seguk drama together? Freaking amazing! Who was the best drama couple of 2019? Who is Park Min-young going to have perfect chemistry with next? And how the hell did she do that? Park Anywho, interact with me. You can reach me at kdramakraken, K-R-A-K-E-N, on Instagram and Twitter. And in a short while, I'll be on the Book of Faces, Facebook that is, with a groupie group for all of us. That's right. Just you and me. Me and you. The two or 50 or 100 or 1,000. Okay, so it's just us. But not for long. It's the first episode. What can you, dear listener, look forward to gabbing about with me? So glad you asked. Like a lot of us, I found K-drama through K-pop and was almost overwhelmed by the whole new world of Korean entertainment at my fingertips. I searched high and low for recommendations, and while I found some solace and resourceful sites online, bless you, my K-drama list, word of mouth and K-drama podcasts were where I found the bulk of my first dramas. Just fans like me talking about dramas that often had the same themes or actors. Did I love Coffee Prince for Gong Yoo and the Genderbin plot? Of course I did. Gong Yoo is crazy handsome and a talented national treasure and I needed to watch Hello My Teacher and Big as soon as possible. This was of course before Goblin took over the universe. And for my growing gender bend obsession, I had Moonlight Drawn by Clouds in production at the time and Sungon Kwan Scandal and You're Beautiful. And did I think Park Shin Hee was adorable and You're Beautiful and desperately needed to see more K-pop centered dramas? Well, you get my point. Seiguk dramas, horror, crime, murder mystery, high school dramas, time traveling dramas, slice of life and community living dramas, body swap, city living and workplace dramas, the list is extensive and we should chat about what we love and maybe don't love. Who are our favorite entertainers? Who can't we wait to see in an upcoming drama? What dramas are up and coming? Don't worry, I got you covered. Look forward to segments on my heroine of the month, try it or nah, interview with a newbie where, you guessed it, my growing list of most tragic K-drama beginnings, an advice segment called What Was Soju Subdue, because of course he has all the answers, K-pop and K-pop, and my long-ass drama of the year, where I force myself to watch just one drama that has over 25 episodes. Look forward to that, and please send reinforcements. We're also going to chat about feminism in K-drama, classism and power dynamics, international representation, and if that's important, and one of my favorite subjects, what is the appeal of the Che Bol drama and do we really hate rich people that much? Send reinforcements for that conversation as well and bags of money. So let's get started with our first topic, shall we? It's easy breezy, it's super fun, but also kind of like a snake in the grass when you realize exactly how many great dramas there were in 2019, especially backloaded onto the end of last year. What was that about? My top 10 favorite dramas of 2019. <laughs> 
This year gave me life. My faith in K-dramas was restored. Not that I was any less of an acolyte at the altar, but compared to the juggernaut dramas that skyrocketed the popularity of the industry a few years ago, I felt like I was clinging to a handful of great 2018 shows like What's Wrong with Secretary Kim and The Beauty Inside Like a Barnacle on a Whale. Now that's not to say that 2018 didn't produce a few other great dramas. 100 Days My Prince wasn't popular simply because XO's Dio, cue the screaming XOLs, gave us the best royal amnesiac blank face, but the guru of peace himself, Soji Sub, came through with Tyrius behind us and cemented the fact that he was the king of the dark and quirky romance, and yet I felt like something was lacking in 2018, and I was more than ready when 2019 K-dramas bowled me over with their diversity of story and casting. <laughs> Number 10, he is psychometric. Now, in the spirit of complete transparency, see how much I already trust y'all? I discovered K-pop through GOT7. That group is my first love, my number ones. Those seven goofballs and their music got me through some of the darkest times of my life. And so, am I completely biased towards Park Jin Young, the head of He Is Psychometric? Hells yeah, I am. But note that this drama is also my least favorite on this list. Not that Jin Young and his star, Shin Young, weren't absolutely fantastic in their portrayals of Leon and Eugene respectively, but because I felt like compared to the other dramas on my list, the plot was weak. Leon is a somewhat dim young man with a heart of gold who can read people's memories through touch, known as psychometry. Due to a tragic fire, he suffers trauma that not only gives him his ability, but entangles him forever with Yu Jian, whose father is incarcerated for the arson, and Kang Sing Mo, who later adopts him as a little brother. With Sangmo as a prosecutor and Jin as a rookie cop, they team up to help An hone his special ability by solving crimes with the hope that he'll eventually be able to solve the one crime that changed all of their lives forever. This drama could have had it all. It was on one of the most innovative Korean cable networks around, TVN, and not only had dynamic and fresh-faced JYP actors in Jin Young and Yuen, but had a great soundtrack. And yet I kept finding myself more interested in side cases than the main drama of the villain, who to me at least was pretty predictable. Maybe the writers pointed out the clues too obviously, or the temptation to ground the fantastical elements of the plot were so strong that the writers burned the story, but I constantly felt like there was something missing and uneven. Where he is psychometric did shine bright was the chemistry between the characters. Jin Young is hilarious and endearing and ridiculously attractive. Did I mention I'm a fan? And I would encourage everyone to watch the show simply for the laugh out loud moments. In the press for the show, Jin Young admitted that his inspiration for the character was based on his bandmate, Bam Bam, and his wholesome and honorable portrayal of Leon showed a heartwarming level of respect. Recommendations If you're looking for older dramas that have leads with superpowers, check out Strong Woman Du Bong Soon or I Hear Your Voice. Number 9 The Tale of Noctu. This show took my favorite genre, the genderbend, and gave it a good Seiguk polish. That's a historical drama set in the Jonsun dynasty. Jang Dong-yoon plays Jeon Nokdu, 
who lives peacefully on a tiny island with his family until his life is upheaved by assassins. He follows them to the mainland where he tracks them to a woman's only village, where he has to pretend to be the widowed lady Kim Noksun to unravel the mystery of his true heritage, and aided by a trainee Kesseng, or a lady of entertainment, named Dong Zhu, and played by the versatile Kim Soo-young. Not since I've watched Coffee Prince, one of my favorite first dramas, have I enjoyed a gender-bend drama so much. And yes, that means I love this drama more than Moonlight Drawn by Clouds, with the man himself, Park Bugum. And why? Because the story evolved along with the characters. Both of the leads grew together through their adversity. The women in the village were interesting and just as multifaceted as Nokdu and Dongju. By forcing the male lead rather than the female lead to cross-dress in order to survive, we're able to see Nokdun really face the everyday fears that women still have to face, and how they often only have each other to lean on for support. The story openly celebrates diverse, strong, witty women, and teaches Nokdu how to be a better man while he uncovers his past. Recommendations If you're looking for similar Segu dramas, check out the previously mentioned Moonlight Drawn by Clouds and the super hard to say, Sungun Kwan Scandal. Number 8 kingdom. I am a sucker for zombies. When Kingdom debuted on Netflix in January of last year, I had no idea what to expect, but I was blown away by the eerie trailer. Kingdom did not disappoint, and I am so stoked to be getting a second season in March of this year. The drama, placed in the Jonsun Dynasty era, follows the story of Crown Prince Yi Chang, played by Ji Junghun. When his father the king falls mysteriously ill, he's barred from seeing him by his father's head minister Cho. Chi Yang and his personal guard discover not only a plot to overthrow the royal family, but a plague that threatens the entire nation. The utterly fantastic Bei Duna from Netflix's Sense8 rounds out the cast of characters who manage to grow into better people amongst the chaos. Kingdom has everything I like to see in today's post-Walking Dead universe. Super zombies? Check. Gruesome deaths? Check. Political intrigue? Check. Flawed but endearing characters that you want to see succeed? Check, please. This show nailed the horror elements of the zombie plague genre in a way that is refreshing to see and left me wanting more. Thankfully, we're going to get it. The only reason why Kingdom isn't further up on my list of favorites is because of its cliffhanger. Yeah, warnings to folks who somehow missed my saying twice that this is one of those rare Korean gems that warranted a second season. Thank you, Netflix. This delightfully twisty, turny, shades of zombie tale isn't over. My only hope is like the first season, Netflix drops the entirety of the second season for our bingeable pleasure. Recommendations. There isn't another medieval zombie apocalypse drama quite like Kingdom yet. But there is a very famous Korean movie, Trade to Busan, which is arguably one of the best films of the genre, and Mirror of the Witch, a seguk drama with a similar theme of supernatural elements swirling around a royal family. Check it out. Number seven, my first first love. This was another pleasant surprise that debuted on Netflix in two seasons of eight episodes each in April and July of last year. It was a reboot of a 2015 show called Because It's My First Time and led Choi Minho of the amazing K-pop group Shiny fame. 
It's led this time by the enigmatic Jisoo and Cheyong, who play childhood best friends who, along with three other college-age friends, end up living together. The drama unfolds in the best of ways, with each character having to come to terms with their families and forge their own paths into adulthood. The romance is the driving force. The leads named Taeyo and Sung-Yi, respectively, had crackling chemistry, and by the second half of the series, I was physically aching to see them happy together. The rest of the cast draws you in just as easily with quirky and sometimes heartbreaking backstories that speak about the gift of friendship and a found family. The characters grow and change at an easy pace, and even though I knew I would miss these characters in the end, I was completely satisfied to see these kids grow up together. Recommendations Hmm, on the hunt for similar dramas, check out one of my favorite coming-of-age dramas, Fight My Way, in the 2017 web series called Wednesday, 3.30 p.m. Number 6, Her Private Life. Now we're getting into the meat of my absolute favorite dramas of the last year. It's honestly hard to rank them, but here goes. Her Private Life was yet another hit starring Park Min-young of 2018's huge hit, What's Wrong with Secretary Kim. Now I would like to believe that it wasn't just a hit because her co-star was the crazy handsome Kim Jae-wook, but because Min-young's character named Dokmi was someone many of us can identify with, a fan. In Dokmi's case, she was such an idol fan that she ran a fan site, attended his meet and greets, and used her connections as a highly respected art curator to seek out his favorite artist's work. And yet, no one knows the secret of the life she hides behind until she meets her gallery's new boss, Ryan Gold, who finds her just as intriguing and frustrating as she finds the director's obsession with her. This was such a fun and corny rom-com that I was sorry to see it end. Somehow, the writers managed to respectfully examine the world of the idol-obsessed in all of its positive and negative ways. We watched Alkmi face the reasons why she held on to the cushy illusion of an idol and accept that Ryan wasn't just an alternative obsession. And at the same time, we witnessed Ryan face his trauma and open his heart to care about others. It doesn't hurt that Min Young and Jay Wilk have chemistry that is off the charts with some of the best K-drama kisses I have ever seen. I've mentioned it before, but it doesn't hurt to say it again. Park Mignon clicks with every lead she's put with, and I desperately need to know how she does that. Recommendations. If you like Park Mignon in this, and frankly you'd be a boring plank of wood if you didn't, check out the aforementioned What's Wrong with Secretary Kim, which she starred and slayed in. Also check out the underrated rom-com The Undateables for some art gallery life and some bad first impression shenanigans. Number 5. Hotel Del Luna The supernatural drama starring IU and Yu Jingu as the owner and manager of a hotel that caters only to ghosts on the way to reincarnation exploded on the scene last summer and stomped all over my heart. Yet another TVN show, I loved IU's complicated and tragic backstory. She played a snarky, spin-thrifty immortal named Jang Man Wu, cursed with ushering on endless guests to the afterlife, while being unable to pass on herself because of the lies she took when she was alive. 
Not that she wants to leave a life where she can wear beautiful fashion and punk horrible mortals with her supernatural wiles. She enlists more like traps. New manager Ku Chengsong with a tragic past of his own, and as he learns the ropes, he falls headfirst for his seemingly hard-hearted boss and decides to try his best to uncover the mysteries of Hotel Del Luna and Manuel. This story was excellent. Not only is there a growing sense of urgency to know the truth before Manuel's time on Earth is over, but the plot is further propelled by the piecemeal discovery of her past. The jumps back and forth in time and grounding in the present with the ghost of the week made the show so bingeable that I didn't even notice how quickly I was nearing the end. Like most K-dramas, the cinematic production of the show was top-notch, and there were handfuls of scenes where I couldn't look away from the beautiful set pieces or had to pause the show in order to shazam the sweeping soundtrack. Recommendations? Fans of supernatural modern-day epics will probably like a Korean odyssey, and one of my ultimate favorites, The Master's Son, starring the guru Soji Sup. Number 4, Encounter. At first I wondered, what more can I say other than Park Bogum makes this drama tick? But that would be a horrible disservice to his co-star, Song Hee Ko, who shines as a whole terrier named Cho Soo-young. Ah, a K-drama land loves a hotel drama. She struggles to discover herself after divorcing a rich man with a clingy and controlling family. And while traveling to Cuba to scout a new hotel location, she meets young Kim Jin-hook, who is on vacation before interviewing for his first full-time job. They fall for each other on a fun-filled night, and like the candy-coated version of Cinderella, Bogum's character is left holding the businesswoman's shoes when she has to miss their planned meeting the next morning to fly back to Korea. That could have been the bittersweet end of their story, but when Jin Hyuk walks into his new place of employment and discovers that his boss is the woman he's been dreaming about, the story takes off like a steam train. The chemistry between the two leads is captivating from the start. Haiko and Bogum just seem to click, and everyone else in the scene with these two just fade into the background. Since Encounter is very much a character-driven drama, both leads are so fleshed out and endearing that even the secondary romance is a drop in the bucket compared to the depth of emotion between the main couple. I really can't say enough about what I loved in this sweet romantic drama. The production locations were lush and enticing, the plot managed to be both morally robust and have bitterly complex solutions, and the acting left us with characters that I hated to see go. Encounter is a multiple rewatch drama, and personally, that's a rarity. Recommendations. If you're looking for a more slow burn drama featuring mature leads faced with defying societal expectations, check out Something in the Rain and One Spring Night. Number three, The Secret Life of My Secretary. Now, there have been a lot of K-dramas about secretaries or personal assistants or employer-employee love, so much so that it's a subgenre within office romances that I'm eager to examine in depth in a later episode. But, for example, 2017's Juggler's My Secret Romance and Introverted Boss, 2018's What's Wrong with Secretary Kim that I am sure you are sick of hearing about by now, the remade Korean remake of the Japanese remake called Rich Man that I originally heard of with the much more problematic title of Rich Man, Poor Woman, 
My point is, the secret life of my secretary on its face seemed like nothing new. A conceited Chaebol boss, played by Kim Young Kwan, works his cheerful but constantly down on her luck secretary to the bone, played by the relevatory Jin Kei Ju, then fires her rather than rehires her, based off some ridiculous trauma that the man-child has yet to move past. This has been done before in one reincarnation or the other. Even the dramatic twist of the boss having to rely on his spurned secretary after an accident leaves him unable to differentiate faces isn't a new concept. But the way the secretary named Gal He realizes her power to control the situation to her benefit is not only a breath of fresh air and a literally overworked concept, but a welcome twist to K-dramas dominated by stories that sometimes painfully remind us to stay in our place. The boss, Minik, is knocked down a few pegs by his ailment and the realization that he's unintentionally fallen for a woman who doesn't care about his station or money. Gauhi's utmost devotion to her family is shown in sharp contrast to the constant conniving of Minik's own. Now there is a fair or unfair, depending on the way you want to look at it, amount of slapsticky deception to the story as Gauhi at one point pretends to be her old boss to a man that she knows won't be able to recognize her. But the conflict is resolved in a way that doesn't drag down the plot. Ultimately, this was a fun take on an old cliche, with characters that I really grew to love. Recommendations? Can't get enough of face blindness? Lord knows I can't. Ha ha. Ha. How about taking a gander at the beauty inside? That also has a lead who has a very hard time recognizing people's faces. And for yet another boss secretary romance, check out last year's Touch Your Heart. Number two, When the Camellia Blooms. This drama broke me. And no, I'm not being serious, but I do mean it when I say that When the Camellia Blooms was one of the best slice-of-life stories about everything and nothing I've yet to see in K-drama. Nearly every episode had me laughing one moment, sobbing the next, and infuriated right after that. Many reviews that I've bothered to read about this drama do point out that the plot is meandering and pointless at times, but I would argue that the seemingly pointless nature of the plot is the point. Let me explain. The story is about Oh Dongbaek, played by one of my favorite actresses, Gong Hoi Jin, a single mother who moves to the small town of Ong San and immediately turns their traditional conservative town against her by opening a bar. Years later, Dong Baek is still seemingly on the outside of the community, ostracized for being a free-spirited woman who is happy being a single mom, cannot be bought, and does not acknowledge her own beauty. Enter Kang Hanul as a prodigal cop named Yang Sik, who returned to his hometown after a long absence and immediately falls for Dong Baek's naive nature. Also, re-enter a notorious serial killer, only known as the Joker, who has targeted Dong Baek as the one who got away. And speaking of the one who got away, did I mention the celebrity father of Dong Baek's child, who comes to Ong Song and immediately discovers the secret she wanted to keep, namely their son, and that he might want to keep Dong Baek as well? Yeah, the story has a lot going on, but each episode reminds us that the heart of the series is about the characters. Their pasts are revealed, their regrets are aired, and ultimately Dong Baek discovers that she is so much more than what she thought life had originally offered her. And that makes the pointless story about nothing actually a story about life. Four recommendations. Ensemble dramas are really what Korean television does the best. There are so many suggestions for well-cast dramas, with the Reply series being at the top of my list. Start with the best, Reply 1998. And finally, number one, Romance is a Bonus Book.
This was my drama of the year. I loved almost everything about this drama, from the best friends to lovers trope, the absolute worship of books and literature, and a great story about learning to find and love yourself. Lena Young plays Kang Dani, a sweet and eccentric woman who is abruptly left by her husband and has to re-enter the professional world to support her teenage daughter. Lee Jung-suk is her best friend, named Cha Yoon-yo, a writer and editor-in-chief who helps her get back on her feet after watching her struggle in the job market due to her age and experience. There were so many scenes that I love from the start of this series, like when we meet Dani running away from her wedding and having serious doubts that Yoon-ho has to help her through, even though we're shown how difficult that is for him. He has loved Dani since they were children, and she saved his life, breaking both of her legs in the process. When we see how Dani and Yuho met in childhood, my heart actually melted, and I knew this drama would end well. Also, when we met Yuho's publishing boss, Jamin, who is an adorable single father who lives for literature, and the rest of the crew at the publishing house. Each of their stories adds such richness to the plot that I really didn't want the series to end. Now back to Dani, who had my whole heart the entirety of this story. She is so strong and independent, sometimes to the point where I was shouting at the TV for her to just tell someone, anyone, what she was going through. When we meet her after a very rough divorce, she is homeless, sneaking into her repossessed home at night with no heat or water and desperately looking for full-time employment before her only shelter is torn down and her daughter, who is away at school, is forced to return to a wasteland of a family when the tuition money runs out. In a last-ditch move, after she does lose her shelter and is denied in yet another interview, Danny flees to Yoon-ho's house to secretly sleep in his attic. She's already been cleaning his house in the guise of a professional cleaner, and she thinks there's no way super-busy Yoon-ho, who she's always thought of as a little brother, would even notice her being there for a short while that she thinks it'll take her for her to get a job and find somewhere to live. And Danny would have been right if she hadn't walked into Yoon-ho's publishing company for an interview with a severely watered-down resume. Yoon-ho immediately wants to know why his dearest friend and longest crush, who he thought was living a happy life as a housewife, is not only suddenly divorced, but omitting her highly successful copywriting career for what equates at an internship at his company. Oh gosh, and the scene where Yoon-ho finds Danny's cheating ex will infuriate you and break your heart at the same time. Each character is multidimensional, and every interaction between them is unexpectedly nuanced in a drama that seems like a simple rom-com on its face. Much like when, in The Camellia Blooms, our heroine discovers that she is so much stronger than she ever thought possible, and that she deserves to be happy with someone who sees and loves her for her true self. And that's the top 10. I had a few runners-up that just didn't make the cut, either because I didn't care for the drama by the end, like Rookie Historian Gu Hei Rung or One Spring Night, or that I've started and loved but haven't had the chance to finish, like The Crown Clown and Hachi, which is 24 damn episodes, y'all. But I'll definitely come back to Hachi because Jung Yo Wool is amazing. For the end of this first episode, I thought it would be best to start off the new year, yes, I know it's February, just go with it, with some inspiration and advice from our Soganji, so cool, Soji Sub, in a segment I want to call, What Would Soji Sub Do? Yes, through my special imaginary connection to the king of cool, Sonic himself via Gmail, model-turned-actor-author, photographer-rapper, and life guru will respond to your most pressing life dilemmas. Disclaimer. As I said before, this connection is completely imaginary. I do not know Soji Sub, but I do love and respect him deeply and think he would genuinely help anyone. Again, this segment is intended to be a respectful parody of a man I would gladly allow to be the father of my children. And we have one email already from an anonymous source with unlisted pronouns, so I'll just use they. 
They said, Dear Cool Guru, I have a great opportunity at work to become a manager and receive a termed raise over six months as I complete a management program, but I'm hesitant because I like the location where I work and my current manager. What should I do? Peace. Dear Great Opportunity, in this class called life, we students should take every chance given to us to improve ourselves. Why hold yourself back, cat? Our colleagues will still be there, and you can build a chill friendship with them outside of work. Relax. Don't be afraid to take on more responsibility. Stay conscious. Man, he is such a cool dude. He's always right. If you want some advice from Soji Sub, hit me up at kdramacracken, all one word, at gmail.com, and put SJS advice in the subject line. If the guru replies, I'll be sure to record it. And that's it for the premiere episode. I'm so excited to start this journey with you guys and share our K-drama love. Again, interact with me on Instagram and Twitter at kdramacracken. I will follow back. I hope to have a Facebook group up soon to share more fan shenanigans between episodes and organize some live watches. Until next time, be happy and keep it cracking.